What up guys, this episode we're examining the new Joker movie and how that plays into the stigmas of mental health as well as society as a whole. You're listening to episode 16, Laugh at My Pain. Thanks for tuning in, this is Tyler. What up, this is Zach. This is a No Structure Podcast. No Structure the joker uh i thought it was cool i mean visually it was it was awesome um i think the storyline was pretty cool a lot of it i feel like it was like almost satire of what's going on in our country now the only thing i didn't like about it was just overly violent you thought the movie was overly violent yeah i just think with um the way mental health is today and with um like the gun stuff and everything around it that it just seemed like really extreme and maybe just because we're going through that kind of right now in this country is why it seemed extreme to me. Maybe if I saw this movie 10 years ago, it wouldn't seem that like that big of a deal. But with so many things that play like that, it it just puts me in a weird place. Like, And I'm not usually one to get like weirded out by stuff like that. I could watch Saw and be fine. That sounds kind of crazy when I say it like that, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's, I, I can see those type of things and not be that, but maybe because it hits so close to what's going on now that it like has more of an impact on me. And I just thought some of it was super unnecessary. You brought up the point just now that the film was overly violent, mm-hmm. but I think it was an accurate representation about the spectrum of someone with mental health issues of um, kind of where it could lead to. We talk about gun control right. all the time and we don't know if someone has a very extreme case or we don't know what events in someone's life has built up to a person and we don't know what people are capable of of snapping and I think that this movie painted a good picture about someone who seemingly wanted he he wanted to be a comedian he wanted to make people happy you know and there's a bigger thing to that but I don't think it's just him being a comedian I think he just wanted to be happy period yeah so based on but that's a yeah yeah uh, it showed that even someone that had a genuine interest in bringing joy to other people Mm -hmm. they can still only take so much and i think that that's something that is overlooked in our society now like we see i mean people on average have something going on with them right and no one knows the extent of these issues yeah and i absolutely agree with that point but what i mean is like there's ways to reflect that in the movie without having to be overly graphic about it. Like, for example, like uh, the part where he kills the big dude that he used to work with, like where he's bashing his head against the wall and there's just blood all over his face. Like, it just seemed excessively violent. Like, I understand that there's, they're trying to show the spectrum, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you could have eased up a little bit, like with the blood all over his face. Like, it was just a little much. See, I think that that in was, the moment, I think that that was necessary because it showed how detached he can be from it because when he was kind of sitting down after he didn't take to that point and beat the shit at the guy yeah and then started laughing i think that that showed that there's so much built up inside of him that once he snapped he just kind of blacked out 
Yeah. Which I, I'm not giving him an excuse. Oh, no, no. Absolutely. I get what you mean, though. Like, the you're saying that the portrayal is accurate to what he's feeling. I think the portrayal is accurate to what a lot of people feel. Yeah, I agree. Where at a certain point, they can only take so much. Mm-hmm. They feel unheard, misunderstood, w- alone. Just life in general yeah. is beating them down. Yeah, and we talked about this before with uh, when we had Candace on about she always said, like, one per- you're only one situation away from being homeless or being in a bad spot that's the same thing with mental health like you're one triggering event away from falling to the complete opposite end of the spectrum for sure i'm the type of person i don't test people bro like if there's a situation and i don't know if it's my age now yeah i'm the last person that's gonna fight but if i see somebody who is really trying to test the button you know yeah i'm not pushing it there's just, yeah, I think these days you just have to be so careful because there's no, there's no rules anymore, even to fighting. Like, for example, like kids these days, when they get into arguments and beefs, they fight and then they go shoot each other or they show up to the place where they're fighting at with guns, knives. Like it's not, it's not like, let's just beat each other up at the end of the day, whoever won, that's it. We go our separate ways. We don't have to beef ever again. Now it's like, we're ch- testing each other's manhood online. Like there's so many more things that make situations so much more volatile too. For sure. And even just a stranger person, like, you never know what, like, mentally somebody's thinking and then they come up to you trying to fight and then all of a sudden, like, you might be the one person that makes them really snap for real. Yeah. You just never know in situations, too, like, how far a person's willing to go, especially when they're upset. Me and Taylor were out in Seattle and this guy, he was, um, it was me, Taylor, out there for her friend's birthday. Okay. And... There was a guy who must have done something that pissed her off and her friend. And I was maybe like 30 feet away mm-hmm. doing whatever I was doing. And uh, this guy flashed a gun. Damn. Right? Yeah. And everyone has drinks, you know. And uh, I remember telling Taylor, like, let's just go. Yeah. Because who knows how bad the situation could have got. Right. You know. We don't know, man. Well, and you never know, like, what's going to set somebody off for real. Do you think that has always been like this? Where people are so quick to react instead of quick to defuse the situation? Do you think it has to do with the overall health of our society that people are quick to react? Or do you think that people are just more bold these days in general? Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Um, I do think that people are more bold nowadays because they have a bigger voice. Uh, but I also do think that like people are just super ramped up now Like there's so much stuff going on so much stress in life and things go so fast that people are always just fucking on edge all the time Like yeah. even if you don't mean to purposely be on edge Like sometimes you're just that way because your day has been that way Like True. you might have not had nothing to do with what's happening in my day But you might say something at the window Like if I'm like let's say I go to McDonald's or something and the fucking person there gives me a little bit of lip That might be the one thing that sets me off for real. That's true. Yeah. Yeah No one knows what goes on in a person's day-to-day that can get anybody to any Situation. Yeah on the ready scale, right? And I think these days it's harder because we everything happens so much quicker in life that we don't have time to deal with our stresses, so we carry that stress day in and day out, and it just builds and builds and builds, and then it comes out. And usually we end up taking it out on our partners or our friends or the people around us who honestly don't ever really have anything to do with why I'm upset in the first place. You brought up a good point just now. You said we are, or we don't have time 
to heal from the day, essentially. Yeah. I read something today on the internet and it said, what do you do when you get off work? Do you go home and just recover from the day so that you can start your next day? And when I read that, I was like, damn. Yeah. Majority of people I know for a fact, that's what they do. Oh, like, you mean like a reset? Yeah. So for example, you go to work, you have a long day at work. No, no, I get that part. But what I'm saying is, um, are you saying you feel like a majority of people do that? Majority of the people, all they're doing is recovering from the day to start their next oh, day. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. So there's okay. really no time for anything else. There's yeah. no time for them. There's no time for anything that brings joy. Right. And you become so anxious because you're already so worried about the next day on at this day that you're not even living in the moment right now. You're living for the next day mm-hmm. all the time. For sure. Like halfway through my day, I'm already like, damn, I got to do this tomorrow. I got to get up at this time. I've got to go do this, run this errand, be at work at this time. How do you think we should combat something like that? I think you, everybody needs to take like maybe a half hour to an hour for themselves. And like, I, I mean, I've said it on here before. I'm a big person on meditation. But one of the things that um, it was like a thing I saw online on Twitter. But this guy was talking about how every day at the end of your day, you should go um, you know, get like one of those water, um, like a feet soakers, okay. like a foot massager, fill it up with hot water, maybe put eucalyptus or something in it just to make your feet feel better. He's like, sit there and soak your feet for a couple minutes and then immediately put your feet into fresh laundered socks. And the, his theory behind that is that you carry most of the energy in your feet. So when you do that, you're cleansing the energy off yourself and you're like kind of resetting and grounding yourself for the next day. I'm going to start off by saying first, that sounded weird. Yeah. But as you started saying that, it reminds me of this book that I read when I was younger. And it was uh, some weird book that was recommended to me by my uncle. But it was actually pretty dope. I'll figure out the name later. Anyway, part of the book, they were talking about how if you want to have food grown specifically for you, for your body and for your body's ailments Mm -hmm. and to recover you need to take a seed of whatever food that you're planting, put it in your mouth so that it collects the DNA, or the, not the DNA, excuse me, so it collects the data from your saliva, right? Mm-hmm. Put it into the ground, water the ground, and you're supposed to stand on it because your feet expel toxins. Yeah. Right? So that is what tells the plant what needs to be. Uh, what voids it needs to fill for your body, which I know it sounds like some crazy shit. Let's I mean, honestly, that do, it sounds crazy, but, but it, does, it doesn't sound that crazy to be honest with yeah. you. Because when we talk about Mother Nature and energy and stuff all the time, like if you really think about it, as you're walking, like you're pulling up energy from everywhere, like mm-hmm. every situation you walk into. So I can understand how, like in the feet, or even they say, like even taking a hot shower and just thinking about that as a meditation for yourself and you're just washing away all the energy from the dead. Bro, hot shower is my meditation, hands down. Uh, well, I actually like to like actually sit and meditate, but hot sh- it usually starts with hot shower, soaking my feet, putting it in socks, and then meditating. Oh, so you do do the sock and feet thing? I do it every night. And it That's actually, it's, it made, it, even if it really doesn't have like the energy effects, it just makes me feel better. It makes me feel clean and pure for the day. Placebos are real, bro. Yeah, and it so just, I yeah, imagine. automatically, it's an automatic mood lifter after the day. Like, just think about it. You've had a hard fucking day at work. You've been in your fucking, maybe a size too small Nikes for the last eight hours. Only specific. Put your feet in there. <laughs> put fresh socks on like your whole moods change after that point now you're like man let me go put some sweatpants on we go cook up a nice meal and yeah. put a good movie on i will say i've always had a thing for 
fresh socks. Like that's Dude, that's probably one of um, the biggest, most underrated things. Not necessarily going off of the uh, relieving toxins or but anything. But just yeah, just the general bruh, fresh socks. Getting out nice. the shower, fresh socks, bro. Oh my god, fresh socks and fresh underwear. Is super I go underwear. through socks so much because I love the feeling of brand new socks. And I, oh, my whole house is hardwood, so I'm just sliding everywhere. It's uh, yeah. amazing. And I hate when socks uh, lose their like comfiness. Yeah, that's then that's when I replace them. And that usually hey. happens after like a month. Wool for me. socks, that's where it's at, man. Wool socks. Okay. And them bitches is cushy forever. Yeah. Yeah, going back on the mental. Yeah, we just got to do a weird uh, sock conversation, yeah. but no structure socks coming yeah. soon. You feel me? Ooh, I hope so. Those, yeah. That'd be fine. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, part. So there's a certain part in the movie um, where the Joker is on the train with the three white guys, and they. Uh, attack him and then he shoots and kills him you know it was a pretty violent scene but does it matter that they're white just curious well that goes into my question okay okay so do you think that it's with considering the climate that we're living in right now and kind of because to me when i was watching that and looking at those white guys i immediately went to trump supporter okay like rich white guys they're trying to rape some girl on the train or like harassing some girl on the train and then they pick on somebody who's poor like to me that's what i felt it felt like so to you, do you think that that's kind of irresponsible for them to shed those guys, like show those guys in that portrayal? Because now you're put almost putting a you versus them thing, or do you think it's just they're just copying what's actually going on in our times? Do I think that the movie is irresponsible for showing people that would represent that specific demographic? But do you think that that was their intention, or do you think that they purposely put those guys in there to kind of sway the viewer into to thinking? that th those people are the ones that are causing harm to the mentally ill people. I think that this movie does a good job of mirroring society. Which I do think too, but do you think that that's irresponsible for them to put that in there? Because there's, okay, already, there's already a stigma against those people and then you put that in the movie where he's killing them because of that situation. Do you think that might be a little socially irresponsible? Okay, there's two takes on this. Because I get why they do it. But yeah, so take one, it is not irresponsible if you're trying to capture a moment in time. Gotcha, okay. Because 20 years from now, we might be living in the most harmonious country in the world. Right. And we need to look back and remember to not go back to this, right? Yes. Other way to look at it is, yes, you are identifying the problem. And now when I see this problem in the street, I automatically feel away. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I guess it's a personal thing. However you want to take it. I right. know it's a movie, you know, but maybe my subconscious is picking up something. See, and that's what that was my thing with it is like maybe the people are seeing this now and then now they're going to see that white guy, like they're going to see that frat white image guy at the bar and automatically subconscious, not like probably subconsciously they're going to pit themselves against that guy without even just because they saw it in the movie. I mean, I get that there's other stuff that would contribute to that, but I just for me it just I get that they're trying to make like a satire of the times, but sometimes it's just a little much. Like they could have replaced one of those white guys with somebody else, like, and still got the same effect that they were looking for. So someone listening could be saying right now, Zach, you're looking way too deep into this, which is valid. Right. But at the same time, I think what you're doing is also important because... Just because you don't want someone to look too deep on something that is fiction, right, doesn't mean that you are subconsciously subconsciously collecting this data in your mind. 
Right, and it's just like, I mean, we'll probably get into it later, but the mental health, like the stigmas with mental health, you're also putting stigmas on these people now too. And I'm not trying to say that, I'm not trying to give them any pass. Like if they are portraying what's in America right now, I'm not giving those people a pass at all. I'm not even giving the people in the movie a pass. What I'm just saying is that sometimes it's it can be a little irresponsible to portray those people in that light when you already know that there's a lingering issue with that set of individuals. You're now, you're kind of almost perpetuating this, not only the stereotypes, but now kind of violence against those people. I get it. You're definitely creating an image for a target. Right. And the, but the, the crazy thing is, is they did it to themselves. So if we're portraying them that way, they, they did it. They, they were the ones that they did this stuff in the first place to make us portray them like that. But they're not. They, as in that image, are not all like that. That's true. So we have to consider that as and, well. And that's why I mean, like, the subconscious thing is now people are grouping all of that type of person in there, even if they're not, they don't think that way. Now, like, in my mind, I might subconsciously already think that that person's bad, even just because they fit that narrative when I haven't even heard them speak. Like, just because they have that frat boy white look, like Trump supporter look, now I'm automatically going to equate that to what was shown. That's going to happen all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, human stereotyping humans, period. For sure. You know. Um, whether it's you think that this person's a Trump supporter, given this example right here, or whatever, you know, right. like you might think that this person's a racist because they look and talk a certain way, but it might be the nicest person you ever meet. Who knows? Right. We're, we're going to stereotype regardless. Yeah. Did you know that there's seven, uh, did you know that mental disorders are broken down into seven categories? Did not know that. Yeah. So we have mood disorders, anxiety disorders, personality disorders, psychotic disorders, eating disorders. Trauma-related disorders and substance abuse disorders. Okay. Would you say that you suffer from mental health issues? I would say probably the anxiety portion for sure. Um, like we were talking about earlier about um, worrying so much about the next day. Mm -hmm. um, I fall into these patterns where I'm so anxious about the future that it takes away from me actually enjoying what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I do it on purpose. It's just sometimes subconsciously, I feel like life is moving faster than where I'm at. So I'm almost having to try to catch up to that. And so like, it makes me really anxious. And sometimes like, I feel like, it's almost like um, when you haven't drank an energy drink for a while, and then you chug one and then all of a sudden you just, or actually better example, when you haven't taken pre-workout for a while, you take pre-workout and you know it's like that instant like, you're like shaky, you're like fucking nervous. That's like, why I don't take that. Everything's shit. moving way too fast. Yeah. Sometimes that's like how my anxiety will, what it will do for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I learned recently, like that's not just for me, it's like my family suffers from that kind of stuff too. And I never knew that from before. I never knew about those kind of anxiety disorders because I was like anxiety, like all I have to do is just remove myself from the situation that I won't be anxious anymore. But sometimes it's hard to control situations where you feel anxious. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I think that out of these, and I'm not saying that you have to have a disorder, yeah. but I do think that I have anxiety disorder. Well, and I do think that everybody in some way suffers from some kind of mental health thing, whether it's in, and it not even psychologically, it's just like environment. Like, for example, like with... Um, it's hard to live. That's yeah. why. Like, surviving in general is not easy to do. Yeah, and it's tough on everybody. Like, everybody thinks that life is supposed to be some easy road. It's not. And everybody's got issues. It's yeah. not just like... You think that these rich people are just living happy, carefree. They got fucking issues, too. They got there problems, be too. Their, their issues are a lot easier than our issues because they have money. See, I don't think that... I don't agree with that. So, I had a conversation with a coworker. Yeah. And... 
this coworker was talking about the CEO of the company, right? And they were saying how, oh, life must be easy, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling them that life is probably easier for them in places that you lack, for sure. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that overall it is easy. Right, and I agree with that. I'm just saying that I, I feel like the general perception of people is that they think that just because you have money, life all of a sudden gets easier. Now, now you have just a new fucking set of problems. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I have problems now, but when, once you get rich, now you have tax problems. Yeah. You have like a whole bunch of other shit that you never even anticipated before. Yeah. Um, you said that you had an issue or your main issue was trying to live in the future. Yeah, to catch up to the future. And it used, yeah, that, and then it used to be like when I was in college, um, I wasn't a very social person when I went to college. So like being pushed into social situations for me was very, like I had a lot of anxiety. Like there's times when I wanted, when I was in rooms and I was being forced to be social with other people that I didn't even feel like talking to people. I think that's people in general. It is. And, uh, but the thing is like, um, we never understand that about people. Like we don't understand like when somebody says, Hey man, like I'm just not feeling it. Or I'm just like right now, I just don't want to be in this situation right now. Or I just don't feel like going out or I don't feel like being social right now. We take that as like, oh, that person's being fucking weird because they don't want to go out or do things. But it's like, man, maybe like a lot of times, especially for me now, it's like I enjoy my alone time. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy times where I can be by myself and decompress from the day. But like when I was wasn't as social being put in those situations, I would get so ramped up like anxiously that I would feel so out of place. I feel like everybody's looking at me like I just felt so uncomfortable just sitting there in my own skin. And I think a lot of that had to do with self being self-conscious and self-confidence and things like that. But it's like, man, like... I get it. And that's that was just on my scale. So for somebody that has, like, a real mental disorder, like... And not to downplay people having anxiety and saying that's not a real mental disorder, but, like, for people that really have it and it's triggered all the time, I can only imagine how life is for them. But see, that goes back to what I was talking about with the CEO conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody's problems is very relative to themselves. Yeah, that's true. And the amount that you experience is also very personal. So if your anxiety hits, uh, which I'm not going to cross compare, but I, yeah. I, I feel like I have to to paint this picture. Right, right, right. If your anxiety hits and it tosses your world into a circle, the next person can't say that their anxiety is worse. I'm sorry. The next person can't say that their disorder is worse than yours and downplay yours because, because of yeah. the term that they use to describe it. Right. It's all a feeling. You yeah. Know, they're all feelings. Yeah. That disrupt your your harmonious day, you know. Like there was times even in college where like my self-confidence was so low, I'd walk into like the main library at Eastern and I'd feel like everybody was watching me and it would make my fucking skin crawl. And I couldn't t- like tell anybody that I felt that way because nobody really understood anxiety back then. Like we understand it now a little bit more, but like back then we were just like, oh, get a load of this guy. He's just being fucking weird. Like they didn't, we don't really understand anxiety like we do now. And as time has gone on, like obviously with self-confidence building and like me figuring out myself, but now I've found ways to deal with my anxiety and like bring myself back into focus and just be like, hey Zach, you're just flipping out for the moment like give it like fucking two minutes and i'm sure you'll be back to me in five yeah i have the issue of trying to keep up with how i expect myself to be in the future as well that too like i have that really bad yeah i have it um where i'm constantly trying to get to a place that's made up in my mind yeah when what i have right now is perfect like it 
I think that my life right now is very good. Right. I have everything that I want. I have good friends. I have a good wife. You know, we're expecting a baby. We yeah. have a house. Like, what well, I think more? that's the first time we've said Cars. this on the podcast, too, that you guys are expecting a new baby, so you might have to put some uh, hand claps in there. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah, so, like, there's everything that I could want, I have. Yeah. But something in me, and this is just part of my anxiety. I'm not saying this is the root of it. Right. But this is just one of the things that kind of leads into it. Uh, something about it, I'm always... I'm always looking for not more. I I almost feel like it's I'm looking for multiple streams of security. Mm. That's what I think I'm looking for. So it's not like you're looking for something greater. It's just like you're looking for something to make yourself feel more secure in my situation. I don't ever want this to go away. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, for sure. So whether it's like, oh, I want to start this company or I want to get into real estate investing or I need to flip this and this and this and get more money. Yeah. It's not, like I don't want to leave any of this behind, but I want to guarantee it, you know? I get what you're saying, yeah, for sure. And that gives me anxiety. That's one of the many things yeah. that gives me anxiety, you know? Well, and that, that's crazy. So it seems that the two, the two of us share almost like a similar anxiety where it's like being anxious about the future. Do you think that that's something that's... I think I would, a lot of people... That's what I was gonna say. Do you think that's a, a generation, generational thing for us? Because I feel like nowadays with with the internet and how fast like life compared to our parents is turned up an extra 10 degrees faster you know like, uh, degrees is probably not the right word but we're like the speed is turned up a lot so i feel like we're expected to hit more goals and stuff in such a short period of time that we almost fall victim to like a midlife crisis way sooner than we should i don't think that our goals are turned up faster i actually think our goals are later due to the fact that we cannot accomplish them faster. So, mm. maybe I am answering your question. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, um, so we accomplish these things later, whether it's marriage or owning a house, whatever it is, we accomplish it later and we feel like it's not good enough and we have to overcompensate because we got it so late. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's almost how, I, how I'm seeing myself right now. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have... I have the, the the checklist checked, but it was later than I should have. And what would have happened if I got this in my early 20s like my mm -hmm. parents did? Now I'm missing out on all the other things that I would have got from 22 to 30. Right. You know what I mean? That I feel like I need to get now because that is how I saw security when I was growing up. Right. Is this something that's new for you? Have you have you always felt this way or is this something that's like over the last couple of years? I've always felt like I needed... Like this feeling of anxiety of like needing, not needing more, but needing more security, I guess. You know, I, I think the whole idea of anxiety to me is new in general. Okay. The only reason why I'm talking about anxiety so much is I think that that's the only one out of this list that I... Um, I like identify with or, think, or yeah like, that yeah. I identify with yeah right I get what you're saying uh, I thought it was just oh I feel sick <laughs> you know what I mean Before, yeah I didn't I know I didn't know it, it off it's just like I'm just in a bad mood yeah I'm like why why do I need this right now yeah I know I need it but why do I need it but I don't really need it right you know like everything that I want now is extra I'm gonna be real with myself right now yeah everything that I want yeah. right now is extra yeah 
But you have like the, I feel like right now you have the general basic stuff of what people want. So like everything you are gonna want is gonna be extra because you basically hit, I mean, you've hit like the basic guidelines of what most people would want. Exactly, and that goes to my point. Yeah. Why am I stressing out on getting the extra shit? Mm -hmm, for sure. That's not even a brag, because I feel like that can come across like that. It's, well, I, I get how, see, yeah, it can be right? perceived. Like people think, oh, he thinks he's got it better than everybody else. That's not the case at all. No. You know, yeah. like that's not the case. I, everybody wants to be more than comfortable. For sure. I feel like that's just a human instinct. And if you're not there, if you're not up to your standard, you're always going to feel a type of way. For sure. And it doesn't Period. help. And I think you've even spoken about this before on previous podcasts. It doesn't help that with Instagram and all these social medias where we're already straight comparing ourselves to other people, even if we don't mean to, like subconsciously we're comparing ourselves to these people without even thinking about it really. Yeah, that was a point that I actually forgot to bring up earlier. Social media definitely has a role in it. And right. I'm not on social media, right? But there are other things that you see on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you're not on social media. Right. Like I'm almost to the point now that I don't even like it when people say I'm not on social media because that doesn't you're saying that you're not on social media because you want to tell people that you're not influenced by social it's media. It's like a cool thing to say now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, the things that you're trying to run away from on social media, the things that influence you on social media are going to be everywhere else. Companies aren't stupid. All right. They know how to market their shit to you. Right. You know, so wherever you go, it doesn't matter if you're on social media. It doesn't matter. If you look at the internet, bro, it's going to fuck with you. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? Like, well, period. I mean, you hear people all the time say, oh, I was having a conversation with my friend about fucking pretzels. And then I opened my phone and there's a fucking advertisement for Auntie Anne's right there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think in some way everybody faces some kind of uh, mental health issue, whether it's anxiety. I mean, you even listed a whole bunch of them that are a lot of people face, like body dysmorphia for women is a big one. Yeah, I have PT a, PTSD for African Americans from the hood is a bit is a big one. Yeah, the eating disorder. Eating disorder, yeah, crazy. We talked about the chick who uh, got the thousand dollars and said "fuck you" to her boyfriend yeah, yeah. about or her ex. Uh, she has an eating disorder. Wow, like a crazy one. Yeah, yeah. And she was telling me about it, and it's it's so interesting because it's so different from my life. Yeah. And to put yourself in someone else's shoes to something that you didn't really know existed. I didn't. Okay, so I was aware of it. I mean, right. But it was mostly like when we were younger, it was like in teen dramas. Like, and it would, they always pictured, they always painted the girl that was going through these things to be the overly dramatic girl that cared way too much about her weight. For sure. Like, they didn't paint it as like the normal girl that might just have some psychological, not, I don't want to say psychological issues, but just some image issues. They painted her as this like, crazy drama queen that mm -hmm. needed to be skinny all the time yeah i don't think hers is really about um the image though mm -hmm. hers was about almost like a food strike like i want attention so i'm not gonna eat kind of thing see and you never take into consideration the other sides of even there's that, so yeah. many lanes to yeah. so many things yeah man. like when she was telling me about it, i was like whoa like i never even considered that right you know? So That's crazy. all these things that like, we go through life on a daily basis, I try my best to be nice to everybody I come in contact with. Yeah. For that reason, because I have no idea what the fuck their story is. Right. You know? Right. That's just know. so like, it's just, and the thing about it too is like, there's just a general being nice to people is missing from everywhere. Like at my job, I try to be overly nice to people that I work with because I have to see these people on a daily basis. I might as well have. That's a good incentive. Yeah. Might as well have a decent relationship with all of them or at least you know be friendly with all of them 
But I see some of these guys, they'll like run into each other, they'll bump people, they'll do all kinds of shit. They won't say sorry, they won't say thank you, they cut each other in the lunch line, just doing all this. Like the, the it's just crazy to me how there's no, like if everybody just treated each other a little bit better and everybody just played by the rules a little bit, do you know how much drastic change that could make? 100%, but yeah. we all know that's easier said than done. Oh, for sure. Um, there's always gonna be that person. Right. No matter what conversation you have, there's always gonna for be that sure. person. The simple treat others how you want to be treated was not taught to everybody. No, you know, it's not. A, I feel and, like right now it shows. It's, I feel like right now it's not even. That's like an afterthought. That's not even a thing that parents teach their kids anymore. I think parents do teach that. I just think that the people that stand out that weren't teach taught that. Excuse me. Just put a bad, yeah. put like a shadow over everybody okay. else that are, you know, respectful. Right. Because bad news is the shit that sticks out That's at true. the end of the day. That's true. Know. Oh, I was going to ask you, um, out of the two, going back to the Joker, um, out of the two Jokers, which I guess there's been a bunch of Jokers, but the, the two most famous ones will probably be this one and uh, the Dark Knight one. Which adaptation of the Joker did you like the most? Um, I liked Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker. Only because he really sounded like a villain to me. Yeah. I'm very, I'm really intrigued by the bad guy. Like, we had a conversation. Like, I wish mm -hmm. that they had, like, they have Marvel Universe and DC Universe, whatever. I wish that they had, you know, just a villain universe. Because, right. not that I'm advocating violence or anything, but I just find it very interesting. You know? It's just a different side to the story. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, crazy is interesting. Let's be yeah, real. You know? For sure. And what drives people to do the things that they do is, is the interesting part. And the creativity yeah. behind the things that they do. Right. It's crazy, you know? Like, Heath Ledger's Joker, his opening scene in that, the bank robbery and The Dark Knight. Dude, that was, that movie is so beautifully well written. Right. And it almost brings so, a tear, that opening scene almost brings so tears to my eyes because yeah. it's so beautiful. It's dope, right? Yeah. Like, everything about it. And I, I like the genius, I wouldn't necessarily say evil, because I really, I'm not about the evil. I'm yeah. about the people that say, fuck the system. Not yeah. necessarily fuck the system either. It's more like fuck the fuck the general flow of shit. Fuck the sheep right. mentality. Well, and even in um, Heath Ledger's Joker, there's a part, I love this too. He says, um, I'm an agent of chaos. Disrupt the natural order of things and everything spirals out of control. He's like, that to me was the difference between this Joker and the Joker that they portrayed in the, this newest movie was they were showing like the mental part about how somebody can slowly crack over time and become that. Mm -hmm. But this one, he was just, he was like the mastermind of chaos. Mm -hmm. Like everything was so chaotic that he was doing, but it was so intelligent and so smart. Like it was weird. Like that was just such a well-written movie. And he bathed in the chaos he loved it he became the chaos the scene where he's sticking his head out the window and he's just bro that's one of my favorite scenes the of wind blow time. through his hair yeah when shit's just so fucked and he's just like yes like i'm in it i'm in the fall i'm in the downfall right this is this is comfortable like, and yeah how calm he is in the chaotic parts like do you remember the scene in the jail cell when he um the cop comes in and this is after batman beats the shit out of the joker and then the cop comes in and Joker taunts him, and he's like, do you want to know how your friends were right before they died? And then he, wants, he goes to beat him up, and then the next scene you see, he's holding, like, the, the glass to his neck. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, stop, what do you want? He's like, I just want my phone call. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, that yeah, shit yeah. is genius. Yeah, like, it was the great. Men, the mental fuck. 
The one uh, really genius part that I loved about the newest one, though, was when he killed the big guy, and then the midget was, like, sitting there scared, mm -hmm. and then he just kissed him on the head and let him go. Mm -hmm. And that almost ties back, and I don't want to draw the comparison because it's kind of wild, but, like, what you said about the TED Talk thing about the, the school shooter, all he needed was one person to love him to be okay. Like, maybe... Yeah, if, I don't know how you're tying those two. Oh, guys. I'm just saying, like, I think that sometimes um, we forget that there might... Like, being nice to somebody else might actually change their trajectory of what they're doing. Like, maybe, sure. maybe like, you see the weird person and just, like, be a little bit more friendly to them. Like, and it's not you're taking pity on the person. You're just trying to understand them. I bet you if we took a survey, just went out on the street, asked random people, would you go back in high school and right all of your wrongs? I bet you... 99% would say yes. Actually, that brings up an interesting point. Um, I was actually thinking about this last night. So um, there was this person, I was a friend with him in high school, and I'm not going to say his name on here, but his family was a little less well off than mine. And at this time, this was when um, I was like really into buying Jordan and stuff. And he had some like, and I was like 13 at the time. Well, I guess I wasn't buying the Jordan. Well, no, I guess I wasn't really wearing Jordans then. But I had like nicer stuff. And he had he was wearing some cheap like Payless shoes and I had made fun of him and I wasn't even raised like that like mm -hmm. it, it for some reason I just thought that that was funny in the moment but now looking back I'm like damn I didn't know anything about his situation I knew in that point in time like his his dad wasn't around like it was just him and his mom like I was thinking like what in my mind even made me say that like I wish I could go back and take that back because that was fucked up now looking back on it yeah and uh, I wasn't even a mean person in high school but that was mean spirited like I didn't even I didn't even know what I was doing when I was saying that shit to him. I was just doing it because it was funny in the moment. I think that brings up a good point that at the end of the day, I do think that everybody deep down is a good person. And I think Except that, for Trump. But. I think that so at I'm one point just, he was good. Yeah. I really do think that everybody is good from right. the jump from the base and influences along the way kind in of environment. Mold yeah. Everything just molds your character. You know? Right. And see, that's the thing about mental health too is like, we're so quick to stigmatize people about mental health and call them crazy, but we don't really understand the, the things that have made them that way. Like, for mm -hmm. example, I brought up the like African-Americans and PTSD. Like, these white people love to tell people, oh, the, like, black people over there, I can't understand their PTSD. I don't understand how they could go through that. They didn't go to war. Mm -hmm. Have you ever lived in that fucking environment? Yeah. Like, you don't know that. Or, like, the girl that... Uh, all of a sudden, it's like the crazy girlfriend, right? She's always checking messages or doing yep. that stuff. Maybe her last boyfriend cheated on her all the time, beat her up, did all kinds of things and made her have trust issues so she can't trust the next person. And that can branch out even more. Like maybe her mom got fucked over by Hillary. Like yeah. it, it could be a big circle. We and don't then, know. And instead of instead of us being like, well, maybe there's some situations why she's the way she is or why that person's the way they are, we just, oh, that, that yeah. bitch is crazy or that yeah. guy's crazy. Yeah. No, that's real, man. We have to not automatically stigmatize mental health as we are all going through some form or some fashion of it. Yeah, yeah. We're all going through something. Yeah. Like Everybody, even if you don't think you're going through something, you suffer from some sort of mental health issue. And it's not like you're crazy in your brain, but like anxiety, like image problems, like... Like you were saying, like not being where you want at, or what you think, where you think you want to be in life at that moment. Like mm -hmm. there's everybody goes through shit like that or, sure. or will go through some form of that in their lifetime. So I think people need to remember back to those times when they felt well like that 
and realize that other people could feel like, well like that at the same time. Like come to an understanding. Like we are all the same. Man. Yeah, man. It, I said this on the the one of the old podcasts where they said that uh, we're not black, we're not white, we're not Mexican. We're all the human race. So let's fucking treat each other like we're all one race instead of we're all different from one another. It's our differences that are used to divide us. That's real.